All right, so this is Jeffrey Grossenbach at the Ruby on Rails podcast here at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, talking to Sean Inman. Sean is a popular online designer, blogger, author of Mint, and recently has expressed a little bit of interest in Ruby on Rails. So I have to admit, part of my reason for doing this blog is so I could talk to interesting designers and developers and even though Sean's not a full-time Ruby programmer, I thought I'd snag him and ask a few questions. So first, uh, about a month ago, you blogged and you said you're going down the Ruby hole, which happened after you ate a bowl of tricks in the morning, and decided to try out Ruby on Rails and maybe even do some different projects. It's a month later. How's that gone? Um, it's actually gone pretty well. Uh, I got a good amount of the haveamint.com account center rebuilt relatively quickly in Rails. Um, I've obviously been exposed to Rails through the uh, the blogging community and everything in uh, 37 Signals, great proponents of it, and found it really easy to pick up. I mean, some of the do- like the online documentation is kind of like in a bit of disarray with the wiki and everything, but I picked up the pragmatic programmer guides and I read the uh, wise pointing guide to Ruby and uh, pretty much just, you know, just jumped right into it after uh, a weekend of reading. And uh, I've had to put it on the back burner a bit since because I'm doing a lot of speaking coming up. I got a workshop with Carson uh, workshops, so I believe you also have a, a workshop with um, coming up in Boston. But where I am, I, mean, I found it, you know, really expressive and, and easy to use. And, and as I mentioned in my blog post, I love like the terseness and like the English-like syntax of of Rails or Ruby, rather. Second question here, at least for me, the goalpost syntax of saying, you know, array dot each do whatever that was really confusing to me initially when I was learning Ruby. But now it seems natural, and I wouldn't want to do it any other way. Are there any things? immediately that were difficult or awkward that you kind of had to hurdle over or did it do you feel like you picked it up pretty quickly uh, i think that enclosures are definitely i mean is that what you're talking about with the the goal posts yeah it's kind of like the enclosures and you pass it in through the pipes yeah um yeah that that definitely took some getting used to and i'm still i wouldn't say i'm a, I'm a strong ruby programmer rails programmer at this point um, one of the biggest things for me that, and really I was introduced to it through uh, the Rails framework, was the idea of the MVC pattern and the whole idea of design patterns in general. Uh, when I launched Mint, uh, some people did like a, an audit of my code and blogged about it, and they were like, oh, I see here he's using a factory pattern, and it's creating these observer patterns, and I had no idea what they were talking about, and so I started reading up on that. And it kind of like led me in, and I started recognizing those terms popping up and, and the Rails discussions and everything. And so really, one of the hardest things was just grasping the idea of the model view controller. And I'm, I'm, I'm a self-taught programmer, so I mean, a lot of this stuff is just like fly by the seat of my pants, pick it up and, and see what it does. And one of the big things, and I'm still you know, not sure about it, I mean, I kind of see how they, they do it in uh, Rails now, but is using multiple models in one view, because everything seems so url and model centric, and so you know, building a list of links uh, in like a sidebar, which are controlled by one model or one controller, in a view that's generated by another controller, something like that took a while to uh, to really grasp. And that's more more Rails specific than Ruby specific. Um, coming from PHP, one of the things that's just great about Ruby and is kind of goes without saying is just the fact that everything is is an object, 
and that's really powerful and the, the namespace isn't polluted and now i i haven't heard you on any other podcasts and if people read my blog they know i, I use mint i like it so i'll have to ask you a few things about mint too you said that PHP was the right choice for Mint, which makes sense. You didn't want to host the service. People are going to install it on their machines. It's going to be a lot easier for people to customize it and add plugins and worry a little bit less about security and that kind of thing. First question about that, you know, recently Google released its analytics service, and then later they bought MeasureMap, which I think was also written in Rails, not that it matters. Do you see that as a missed opportunity? Do you have any regrets for having... Mint is a distributed thing as opposed to a hosted thing that another company might be interested in buying. Um, no, and it, actually, I get a similar question in that a lot is you know whether I think you know Yahoo or Google is going to be interested in buying Mint, and I don't think they are because it is a distributed app. All the code is kind of distributed; it's not in one central location. Um, I definitely think that the PHP MySQL, like the LAMP combination, was definitely the way to go because you can get you know a nine dollar a month hosting plan with any you know, host that has PHP, MySQL running on Apache, and you can install Mint on it. Um, in regards to the, the, the question about a ho- providing a hosted service, I'm scared to death of the idea of managing all that data, not, not so much in the, from the security point of view and having somebody else's data, but just like every customer you have signed up, you have their traffic. It's not just one customer. It's not like... Um, it's not like something with Basecamp where you have the people who are the account holders are the ones using it. It's their, If you're hosting a stats package, it's all of their users are using your service. And in our community, like people get dug, at, lots of people get dug in Slashdot every day. And if you have like two or three people who are using your service and get dug, then you get dug three times. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean... That I'm more interested in solving the problem for myself. I personally wouldn't use a, a hosted stats package just because I like to have control over my stuff. And so I think that Mint appeals to, to people in a similar mindset. Um, and like you said, with the Peppers, that would be almost impossible to work out securely in a hosted environment. There would be no way to allow third-party code to run on the same server without, you know, obviously me having to go through and read every line of code and make sure they're not accessing database tables they're not supposed to or, you know, manipulating data in some way that is inappropriate and an abuse of somebody else's data. Now, Mint, I always get these confused, but there's free as in beer and free as in uh, speech. So Mint is open source in that the license allows people who have purchased it to modify it for their own use, not redistribute it, but... You didn't. You haven't obfuscated the code at all, and, and it's right there. Previously, you had short stat, which was free in every sense, and and people have downloaded, and people are still using it. It seems like a hard thing to go from offering a free serv- uh, free software to then charging for that. I don't want to scare anyone, but you know it's tempting. I have a popular Ruby graphing library that tons of people are downloading. It'd be great if I could enhance that and then make money from that, but it seems like a difficult thing to do. Did you think a lot about the business side of going from free open source to what you have now with Mint? What were some of the struggles you had with that? Well, with going from from moving to Shortstat to Mint, um, really I had never intended Mint to be, you know, my application. It was the sole thing that I was focusing on. And the whole 
reaction, the web's reaction to Mint and the number of people who purchase it has really been a surprise. So when I went from the free, as everything free, to Mint where you purchase a license for each installation, I wasn't thinking about alienating existing ShortStat users because they, they already have ShortStat, and if it's working for them, then they can keep using it, and that, that's not a problem. Um, and so really Mint was just meant to be like this little kind of consistent little bit of income. And it's just turned into this this big thing. And so, I mean, I didn't anticipate that problem. And, I, and if there was that sort of backlash against going from free to pay, I wasn't I wasn't relying on everybody who's using ShortStat to upgrade to Mint to pay me for it. Um, another thing with Mint is that it's it eventually ended up being a very similar architecture to ShortStat, plus some um, extra procedures in there that, that manage the size of your database so it doesn't just grow indefinitely like Shortstat does. But the whole the whole Pepper, the, the plugin inf- interface, uh, really adds something more to it um, that I think is a lot more valuable than just a, a plain Shortstat install. So there's significant extra value that then people were obviously willing to pay for because it was what you had added to it was especially valuable. Well, speaking of which... Uh, APIs, you spoke at Carson Workshop Summit about the API Mint, obviously Flickr, uh, Delicious, all kinds of sites have an API, and it, uh, Rails also makes it easy to, to build different kinds of APIs into applications, which is really a valuable in the way people are using the internet now. D- I, just asking about that a little bit, initially you didn't document the API for Mint, and yet people built plug it, uh, bit Pepper's plugins anyway, did you expect that people were just going to wait and wait until you documented it? Or did you think beforehand, okay, I'm going to see how people use this and then I'll finalize the API using what I've learned from how people want to use it? It, it was definitely the latter. Um, one of the, when launching Mint, really the whole thing was just getting it out the door and seeing what the problems were and how to address those. When I released Mint, the Pepper API was basically, it was just written in procedural code. There wasn't like a a real Pepper object to speak of. There wasn't a Pepper class that you could extend and then add your own functionality to. Um, And so what happened was within, I think within a day or two of launching Mint, somebody came up with a a Pepper that determines uh, what language your viewers are using, what country they're coming from, and then proceeded to write a two-article series on how to develop a Pepper using the the publicly acknowledged, you know, not fully formed API. And um, and people just went from there and, and ran with it. And I got a lot of good feedback from the Pepper developers saying, you know, well, how do I access, you know, a specific Pepper and everything? And so there are a lot of interface things that the API has now that weren't there originally that facilitate um, some of the things that Pepper developers commonly want to do. Speaking of that, people like Rails because it makes... Ajax easy, be able to use these new features and not have to write a lot of JavaScript and those to even continue continue with RJS and other kinds of generation. But in Mint, you know, I, I converted a pepper from the undocumented API to the new one a little while ago, and basically within that, the pepper plugin doesn't even know anything about Ajax, it's just some data structures, and then within the Mint engine, you're handling all of that. Do you see, obviously that kind of a setup works really well for Mint and the specific kinds of things it was doing. Do you think that web frameworks in general should move toward that kind of a, at least having that as an option to where 
these things kind of happen behind the scenes and they can benefit that from that without having to go into Ajax or was that only something that works for a specific application like Mint? I think it's definitely better targeted towards a specific application. Um, I'm kind of wary of libraries and frameworks that try to do too much for you. Um, especially, it's easy to rely on a functionality uh, where you see the expected results, but you don't actually see how it's implemented, and you really can't control the quality of your code. You're kind of at the mercy of the community that's that's developing the framework and something like that. Uh, with Mint, there, it really was a goal to not uh, have Pepper developers have to worry about you know maintaining a consistent style and having to worry about communicating data back and forth to the server. Mint basically takes care of that. You basically just generate your Pepper generates arrays, which are then passes back and forth to Mint, and Mint manages it and formats it as a table or, or you know, sends it to the server using an AJAX request. So I guess I'd better finish this up with, with a Rails-related question. Without giving too much away, what kind of things do you have planned for the Have a Mint site in the future? You've talked about the possibility of using Rails to pull things a little bit together and, and giving people a little bit more uh, do different kinds of things. What do you have planned in the future for that? Well, one of my main motivations for looking into uh, a framework, in Rails especially, is that right now I'm using a lot of um, disconnected technologies to kind of manage everything. My account center is something that I built, and so it uses one login system, which is incompatible with the login system on my forum. And because of that disconnect, there's no way to associate people who are asking for support. Uh, they have support requests to map their request to an existing account holder. And so one of the things that came up recently with the piracy of Mint is that I have a lot of people who are pirating Mint coming into the forums and, and asking for help. And then I you know, get halfway through the support request and then realize, wait, they're not even a licensed user. So getting all that... All those features under one roof and underneath one system that I've kind of you know rolled my own. I, I think it's it's really good to it's really good that there are pre-built forms out there and everything. But it's really good when all of your systems are kind of specialized. I'm kind of a, a fan of specialization, um, and so I'm hoping that Rails is going to facilitate that, creating that one universal system, and having forums and then having a dedicated portion of the site that keeps track of the latest Pepper. Um, Pepper developers can come in and upload the updates themselves, and it's all managed through there. And then I can provide an interface to the actual individual Mint installations to communicate with my server and get the latest Pepper and notify people of updates. So really, the the whole motivation has just been to bring everything kind of under one code roof. And Rails seems like a a good match for that. Very exciting. Yeah, it sounds... Like it would be very beneficial. Well, finally, give us a little plug for any upcoming workshops, books, or lines of clothing that you're planning in the future. No more lines of clothing, although Harry and the Potters have asked me to do another tea. Um, I will be speaking in Boston on April 6th uh, for Carson, uh, Carson Workshops. I'll be doing developing an extensible PHP web app, so that may not really appeal to your audience too much, but it's there. Um, should be a good time. And then I will be speaking in Baltimore at an AIGA event um, sometime in early May, and they'll have information on their website. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, it's fun to meet you here. Hope things continue to go well for you. Thanks so much. It was great talking with you. And in closing, here's 60 seconds of audio from a party at the Iron Cactus on Saturday night. 
To get the full effect, turn your speakers up as loud as possible and put your ears right up next to them. You'll get the idea. <laughs> 